Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern as we get set to wrap up week 12. The Titans and the Texans tonight should be a competitive game and obviously still some fantasy games hanging in the balance. Not a ton of fantasy studs tonight, but there are some good players, so a lot of games will be decided tonight. So we'll take you up until that game, and of course, you can find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. Have a look at the waiver wire for Week 13, an early look. Dr. Otto has his podcast as well as his Week 12 prescription notes. We have the fantasy football injury report, which is a ton. And also, it is Cyber Monday. So you're not going to get a better deal than this. You have five hours. If you're listening live, midnight tonight, midnight Eastern, you can get six months for the price of one month. So basically $65 you get for twelve ninety five. So that's going to take you through the end of the football season and the beginning of the baseball season where you know – uh, we have guys who do very well, including myself and Sean Child, and his team outlooks are insane. So you can sign up now. All you have to do is use the promo code number six, F-O-R, number one, six for one. Use the promo code six for one, and you get six months for the price of one at ScoutFantasySports.com. So it'll cover you for the rest of the NFL and for the MLB preseason. You can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. You get the weekly and daily premium content, the wide receiver matchups report, snap count report, and, of course, baseball as well, which is right around the corner, believe it or not. So, again, take advantage of this. You only have less than five hours left. Go to ScoutFantasySports.com. Use the promo code 6 for 1, the number 6, number 1, and you will get six months for the price of one. So take advantage of it, guys, uh, while you can. Of course, we also have you covered at Scout DFS where we have NHL, NBA, and NFL. Uh, the optimizer will uh, help you out as well. If you have your core picks, you just plug them in, hit optimize, and you know you keep messing around until you get uh, what you want. And, of course, the optimizer, especially for NBA, uh, where we have a busy night tonight and a lot of injury news, it reflects immediately. So once Chris Paul was ruled out, you could see that uh, James Harden and Eric Gordon were pretty much locks, especially in cash games. Obviously, in tournaments, you can go in a different route, but you want to get exposure to those guys tonight. And there was a lot of injury news today, but that's the one good thing uh, about the optimizer. It reflects pretty quickly, especially if you don't have time to follow the news. And I've always said this, if you're going to play NBA DFS, make sure you are available one hour before tip-off because a lot of news flows in. And uh, sometimes during the show, there was a show last week where – a lot of, I think it was no, it was a couple weeks ago, and there was a big injury news uh, when Jeff Teague was active, and Teague was way underpriced on DK. So I had to pivot during the show and make those changes to the lineup. So uh, because I usually play on DraftKings, and you have a late swap there. Obviously, FanDuel locks 
at tip-off and tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. But lots of football to get to as well. And, of course, uh, VegasWhispers.com for your betting needs. Uh, they are killing it, especially on the Monday night slate, 9-2-1. Excellent for college football this weekend as well. They also tweeted out yesterday uh, the where the heavy money was going, uh, six plays. They had pictures of the uh, plays in Vegas and five of the six won. So, again, VegasWhispers.com. Check it out now. Uh, if you want to have success in the gambling world, you can follow them on Twitter at Vegas Whispers. They tweet out at the end of the night how they did and the record for the last 10 days uh, for the season. Uh, once you become a member, you get access to a private account that is only for members where all the selections are tweeted out. And this way you could set up alerts and get them to your phone. It's uh, definitely a, a very valuable tool. So make sure you check it out. Lots to get to today. There's a ton of injury news here and a very interesting week, as I know a lot of you guys are gearing up for the playoffs. And even if you're not, you know, we'll still be talking general NFL betting trends. And, of course, you can always play DFS where we have you covered as well. So just because your regular season might be over in fantasy football season long doesn't mean there are still ways to play and make money. So take that into account. And uh, yeah, a lot of you probably are in the playoffs or this key week will be determining whether you get it or not. So we have you covered here uh, all the time uh, and at scoutfantasysports.com. The big news from yesterday was the injury to Melvin Gordon. Now, Melvin Gordon was obviously a big question over the weekend. I only have Melvin Gordon in one league, and fortunately for me, that team is the worst team I have. So not a big deal. And, you know, generally you had to have a backup plan to wait around for Melvin Gordon. But we got indication, and I always say this, if you pay attention right around midnight Eastern, Adam Schefter and all the national reporters, they'll tweet out things. And the indication was Melvin Gordon – was going to play, that he basically basically influences coaches to go out on the field. So when you know Melvin Gordon's active, you're going to play him. And he went out there and he produced. He had a couple touchdowns. Now, 28-10, to 10, early in the third quarter, they run a reverse for him, and he gets hit, and he hurts his knee. And now he has an MCL sprain. They're saying he's week to week, but he's definitely going to miss this week for sure. And it's possible he misses more than that. Remember, the Chargers are in good shape to make the postseason. They also have a critical battle with the Chiefs coming up. It's a Thursday night game in a couple weeks where potentially it could be for first place, depending on how the Chargers do. Now, the Chargers do have a tough game this week, Sunday night, primetime game against the Steelers. I'm a little surprised that they let Melvin Gordon play. Now, he looked fine. So it, you can't second guess here because it was a, a different injury. And, you know, he also had the hamstring. But, like, a wide receiver, uh, I mean, a reverse to Melvin Gordon, lining him up a wide receiver, like, why do that? It's against the Cardinals. I was actually a little surprised. I thought once it was 28-10, you would see him sit because there was no threat. The Chargers were going to close out the Cardinals. And I know it's second-guessing, and we've seen teams come back before. But I'm just a little surprised, and especially since the Chargers were so cautious with Melvin Gordon, if you remember, that week in London where they sat him. So I'm a little surprised that they didn't at least have him sit to begin the second half with an 18-point lead. So for fantasy owners that used Gordon this week, you know, it worked out because you got what you needed. Now, maybe if you came up a point or two short, you're not feeling the same way because you needed more production from him. But, you know, we've seen guys get injured early in the game and give you nothing. At least Melvin Gordon went out there and gave you something. So 
He's going to miss time. Obviously, this is a huge boost for Austin Eckler, who's owned in most leagues. I think in Yahoo, he was 70% owned. Like all the competitive leagues he's owned, if he's somehow out there, obviously go get him. Uh, and Eckler, we saw in week seven, when Gordon was out, he had 12 carries for 42 yards. That was a season high. That was against Tennessee. And then he had five receptions for 26 yards on seven targets. So it wasn't the game that we thought we were going to get. Um, actually, breaking news here. Leonard Fournette has been suspended one game for unsportsmanlike conduct and unnecessary roughness. So a lot of the indication was that Leonard Fournette would not be suspended. Remember, we saw something similar with A.J. Green last year, but apparently, uh, and I haven't read read the details, but my guess is he left the bench, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he was on the field for that play, and he came off from the sideline. So... This is big news. I mean, boy, Leonard Fournette has just given his fantasy owners a headache this year. You know, you missed all that time. But, uh, yeah, Adam Schefter is reporting it now that uh, uh, Leonard Fournette has been suspended one game for his conduct Sunday. We'll see if there's an appeal. But, wow, this means that uh, Carlos Hyde uh, is in a good spot this week. There's more news, too, on Jacksonville coming up. But, uh, yeah, just breaking right now, Leonard Fournette has been suspended for one game. Uh, for his actions. Uh, it was a wild brawl. If you didn't see it, check out the highlights where Dante Moncrief was wrestling a defensive back for the ball. They were going back and forth, and then all of a sudden, it was just a big pile, and uh, Fournette was throwing punches and uh, ejected from the game. So uh, it was a wild scene there. But, yeah, Leonard Fournette is uh, going to be suspended one game for his conduct. So we'll see if there's any appeal on that. Uh, I was talking about Austin Eckler. Yeah, and Eckler we thought was in a great spot week seven. And he wasn't great. He got you 11 points in PPR formats. I, I don't think Eckler's a guy that they want to give the ball to on the ground 15 to 20 times. But we saw what he can do in the pass game. And after Gordon left, uh, one of the drives was late in the first half. Uh, was He caught like four or five passes on the drive. But he had 11 targets, 10 receptions for 68 yards. So this is a huge boost for Austin Eckler. No question about it. And, of course, you'll see a little bit more of Justin Jackson, who you can add in deeper formats. You know, he'll, he's not a big back, 5'11", 190. He played 13 snaps this past week, had seven carries for 57 yards. So they'll mix him in. But obviously, Austin Eckler is the big winner here while Melvin Gordon is out. So you'll see both of them, but Eckler will get the majority of the touches. That's the guy you want. But again, I'm assuming he is owned in a lot of leagues. Uh, another big injury from today, which kind of came out of nowhere. I know he wasn't there on the field late in the game, but Jack Doyle, he is being placed on injured reserve, ending his season with a kidney injury. So he was hospitalized after the game yesterday. He underwent a procedure, and they expect him to be okay, but not for this year. So, man, huh? Eric Ebron owners who have been wrestling back and forth what to do with him. I mean, he is locked in now as a top tight end the rest of the year. Even with Doyle on the field yesterday, we saw Ebron you know, get a, a lot of opportunity. Uh, so Ebron... He isn't as good of a blocker as Jack Doyle. That's why you saw Doyle on the field more. But Ebron now, the number one tight end there. Mo Ellicox, uh, I'm assuming would be two. He was out this past week. And Eric Swoop, who's a pretty good tight end himself. Uh, but he's been out since week seven with a knee injury. So Ebron, I mean, just tearing it up right now. And we know two weeks ago, or last week, uh, week 11, he had no targets. But this past week, he played 49 snaps. He had uh, five catches for 45 yards and two touchdowns on seven targets. He has 11 touchdowns this season. Just unbelievable this season Ebron has had. So 
those who have Ebron, you've probably been playing him pretty much every week. I bet you there were a lot of people who played him anyway after the goose egg in week 11 just because we know that they tend to throw to their tight ends a lot. They tend to give him looks near the goal line, but this is really big news. And it's a tough break for Jack Doyle owners. I know they have been frustrated. He did score a touchdown this past week. I do have Doyle in one league with no backup tight end, so uh, not good for me. That is, uh, without question, a, a problem there. I'm going to have to go and uh, check the waiver wire and see what's out there. Uh, and a couple of tight ends went down this week as well. The other big injury news from today is Marvin Jones of the Lions. And there were some reports uh, in the middle of the week that he could be back this week. That's not happening. His season is over, placed on injury reserve with the knee injury. So uh, this is a tough break. I really thought Marvin Jones was going to have a nice finish to the season, especially with the departure of Golden Tate, a team that had to pass the ball a lot. And we've seen Matthew Stafford frequently look for Marvin Jones in the red zone. So this offense has obviously fallen apart. This is huge news for Kenny Galladay. I mean, he already had a boost anyway, but he is going to get just flooded with targets going forward, which he was anyway. But now with no Marvin Jones, I mean, he had 13 targets week 10, 14 in week 11 with no Marvin Jones, only eight last week against the Bears. It was a tough matchup, but he still came through with five for 90. You know, he's going to see 10 to 12 targets every week. So you feel great about him. Obviously, Theo Riddick gets an upgrade as well. They've been using him in the slot quite a bit, throwing the ball out of the backfield as well. He has at least seven targets in four straight games, and he has at least double-digit points in PPR formats at three of the last four. And that's without scoring. That's without even putting up a lot of yards. So he gets a boost. And the other guy that you can take a look at in deep PPR formats is uh, Bruce Ellington. Now, you know, the buys are over after this week. So you might not need to dig this deep, but maybe you have a lot of injuries. And maybe Marvin Jones was someone you would count on to come back. You're waiting for A.J. Green. Uh, it's possible. Uh, so Ellington has 16 targets over the last two games without Marvin Jones. He had six for 52 on nine targets in week 11. And then last week against the Bears, again, a tough matchup, six for 28 on seven targets. Lions go against the Rams this week, and you got to think that they'll be passing quite a bit as they play from behind. Uh, that offense is just a mess right now. I don't feel good about Matthew Stafford at all. I've been saying that for weeks. Um, but, again, we're, we're talking deep formats here. Maybe you have uh, someone season who's over and you need to, you know, put some guys uh, on the bench for depth. Uh, that's someone you could definitely take a look at uh, for sure. Uh, another big injury from today is at the quarterback position, uh, and more for super flex leagues and those that start two quarterbacks, but that's Andy Dalton. He was placed on injured reserve with torn ligaments in his thumb, so his season is over. The Bengals did claim Tom Savage off the waivers and Jeff Driscoll will end the season as the starter for the Bengals. So uh, Dalton finishes the year with 21 touchdowns, 11 picks, obviously not someone you were using in fantasy anyway. And, and this offense has fallen apart without AJ green, who's been, it seems like kind of close to playing the last two weeks. And I'm interested to see now what they do with them. You know, they're still in contention. They're five and six. Look, we all believe they're not making the playoffs. Not with the other teams surrounding them in the AFC. But mathematically, they are still alive. So I'm hoping that A.J. Green plays. That's selfish because I need him in a couple leagues. But I'm interested to see what happens. Now, Driscoll came in, and he was pretty good. I mean, he was playing from behind. 17-29, 155 in a touchdown. Can run a little bit, too. He actually has two rushing touchdowns on the season. He had a rushing touchdown in Week 12 against Cleveland. So uh, in super flex leagues, yeah, you'll pick him up because uh, he's a quarterback. And, you know, even if he's your third quarterback on the bench – uh, I mean, I started uh, Colt McCoy 
in a super flex league last week where I had Jared Goff on by and McCoy came through with two touchdowns. So anytime you have a quarterback that is starting in a super flex league, you're going to pick him up. So you'll see him being picked up this week. And uh, you might even see Cody Kessler being picked up because the Jags have benched Blake Bortles. I mean, he has been atrocious. They have no confidence in him. They're not letting him throw the ball at all. And you can't blame them, but you can't play offense like that. And it's really cost them. You know, they run the ball quite a bit. They blew that lead against Pittsburgh in week 11, which was brutal. I mean, he had 23 pass attempts this past week playing from behind against Buffalo. He had 18 against Pittsburgh. They just don't want him to throw. I mean, look at these numbers the last two weeks, 104 passing yards. And then against Buffalo, who is a good defense and is tough on the road, but 127 passing yards, one touchdown, two picks. He rushed 39 times, uh, 39 yards on six carries. But it's been a brutal year for Bortles, only has 13 touchdowns. And I said it before the year, I heard so many people, oh, Blake Bortles has been a QB1 over the last couple of years. Yeah, that's because he's has volume, he stays healthy, and he compiles numbers. On a week-to-week consistent basis, this is a guy you can't count on. So, one, no part of him. I don't care how good he did last year. He had a nice stretch to end the year last year. We kind of boosted the numbers a little bit. And he does run a little bit. And we all know running quarterbacks get a little bit of a boost. But there's no way you should have been reliant on Blake Bortles this year. Uh, even as your QB. It was a super flex league. I wouldn't have loved it. Lots more going on. We have some more injuries. Some early practice reports for the Thursday game. And we'll take a look at week 12 and the impact going forward. Plenty more to get to. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Recapping Week 12, getting you caught up on all the latest injury news as it is almost postseason time in fantasy football. And what better way to get through and make sure you make those critical decisions than becoming a member of ScoutFantasySports.com today. And it doesn't get any better than this because it's Cyber Monday. So less than five hours to go to take advantage of it. It ends midnight Eastern. If you're listening live here on Monday evening, you can get six months for the price of one. Just twelve ninety five to cover you for the next six months. All you have to do is use the promo code 6for1. That's the number 6, F-O-R, number 1. And you save over $50. You get covered through the rest of the NFL season for your fantasy football playoffs. All those critical decisions, we're here to answer them whenever you want. Ask a question on the message boards and forums. You get our projections, all our tools, and you get covered for the MLB season as well because it's six months. And we got great content in MLB. That's a, I do very well in the season-long game. Had a, one of my best MLB seasons this past year. So we got you covered. So make sure you take advantage today. Again, 6-for-1 is the promo code. Go to ScoutFantasySports.com right now. And get six months for the price of one. My article is up from today. I have an early look at the waiver wire. 
And it's going to be a little bit more interesting this week than we initially thought with a lot of the injuries coming down. So I'll have more detailed in my fab article tomorrow. Dr. Otto has his daily podcast up. We have an injury report and a ton of injuries this week. You want to check that out. Dr. Otto has his week 12 prescription notes as well. And we have scoutdfs.com. We have you covered for NBA, NFL, and NHL as well. And vegaswhispers.com for your sports betting needs. So, again, plenty of ways to make money. And it's critical right now. The holidays are coming up. you got a lot of people to buy gifts for. So you want to assist. And we want to give you the ability to increase that bankroll Get all the gifts you want here at the holiday season. Some of the other news going on today. Deshaun Jackson visiting a specialist in New York to get a second opinion on his hand thumb injury. He hurt his thumb in week 11, and it's not getting better. Uh, so we'll see. And obviously, I don't think a lot of people are relying on Deshaun Jackson now anyway. I don't think he's a, a critical fantasy player Maybe someone you take a look at in DFS tournaments, although I haven't been playing them. But we've seen, for some reason, with Jameis Winston, the numbers don't appear to be as good. Uh, week 11, he had four catches for 38 yards against the Giants, a good matchup, and he had another good matchup this week. He did get eight targets, but only three for 19. He hasn't scored some since week eight. The reason why this is important, because if we get Deshaun Jackson out of the picture, maybe that helps Chris Godwin. Like, Godwin is so good. The problem is there's so many mouths to feed in this offense, and we've seen at times he is often fourth among the wide receivers in snaps. Now, he played more than Deshaun Jackson this past week. He played 49 snaps. He only had four targets, though, four for 42. Four for 42. But you take those eight targets away that Deshaun had, and maybe Goblin gets a few more of them. And we know Goblin has the ability to score. Now, he hasn't since week six. So he's been a tough player to use. You know, he's given you like eight points in PPR formats, you know, the last two weeks. He had the seven for 103 in week 10. But it's just hard to rely on him right now, especially, again, with the bye weeks ending this week. You know, it's really difficult to use him. So I think Godwin owners are hoping Deshaun is out because then it just reduces. You, you know, Mike Evans is going to get his. You know, Adam Humphreys has uh, been a reliable, and we see that, uh, especially Winston likes looking for Humphreys. We know Cameron Brate's going to get his looks in the red zone. He did score a touchdown, but he doesn't get a lot of volume. You know, Humph- Humphreys has scored now uh, in two straight games. He has four touchdowns over the last four. Uh and he's a solid floor in PPR. It's not like he had a ton of targets either. He had six, six for 54. But just getting Deshaun Jackson out of that picture, I think, certainly will help a guy, especially like Chris Godwin. And we did see him finish the season strong last year. Broncos tight end Jeff Hireman, he has broken ribs and a bruised lung. He is out for the year. So there might have been some people using him as a tight end streamer. Uh, he's obviously been getting some targets since Demarius Thomas left. But Uh, He's out for the year, so if you have been streaming him or had him as a backup tight end, it is time to cut him. And I'm hoping, I tweeted this out, can we get Cortland Sutton some more targets now? I mean, really, this is, it's been disappointing. You know, Cortland Sutton we thought was in a great spot with Demarius Thomas traded to the Texans. We thought, okay, that's going to open up targets for him. Sutton was actually playing quite a bit with Thomas on the field anyway, but it just really hasn't happened for him. You know, if you look... At the three games without Demarius Thomas, week nine, five targets, three for 57. Week 11, six targets, three for 78. And this week, we knew it was a tough matchup, but he did drop a pass. One catch for 14 yards and four targets. So let's hope that the uh, targets Hurman was getting uh, go to uh, Cortland Sutton. Uh, I certainly hope that's the case as a Cortland Sutton owner. 
Ezekiel Elliott, uh, dealing with a hip injury, uh, he did practice in full today. Remember, the Cowboys play on Thursday against the Saints. That's the Thursday night game this week. And Zeke obviously has just been tearing it up and getting a huge workload. So it's not surprising. There's a little wear and tear. This doesn't seem to be anything serious. Uh, all indications are he's going to play this week, so nothing to worry about. He's been getting huge workloads. He had 31 touches in Week 12. He had 30 in Week 11, 25 in Week 10. And it's uh, obviously not coincidence that during that time they have had a three-game win streak. So uh, the biggest thing that we've seen, too, with Zeke is he now has 21 targets over the last three weeks. And it's something I said before the year. This guy can catch the football. They just need to get it to him. And all of a sudden, 18 receptions over the last three weeks. Zeke has 47 receptions on the season with five games left. So say he averages four per game. That's 20. 67 receptions in the end of the year. And what was the knock on Zeke before the year when people were kind of trying to parse through those top four running backs? Oh, he's not going to catch as many footballs as the others. Well, he might be right there. Finally, Cowboys doing a good job of getting him the football in the passing game. Traquan Smith, who sat out last week for the Saints, he was limited in practice today with a foot injury. So at least he was able to get out there this week. So we'll see if he's able to play against the Cowboys. They've been good defensively, but they're not going to stop the Saints. One of the most frustrating things yesterday for owners now, I don't have him. He was a bust for me this year. Uh, I didn't want to draft him, and that's Evan Ingram. My concern with the Giants was, you know, everybody was loving this offense. Saquon Barkley, which you completely understand. We all knew he was good. He was a first-round pick pretty much for everyone. So I expected him to eat. I expected Odell Beckham to eat. After that, I wasn't sure. And I did not draft Sterling Shepard or Evan Ingram. And this is why, you know, were the Giants. People were treating the Giants like they're the Rams of the Chiefs offense. And I didn't see it. But Evan Ingram has been a big disappointment. I know he's had a couple injuries. He sat out a few weeks. But yesterday... Man, for Evan Ingram owners, that was the worst because he apparently injured his hamstring in warm-ups. No one knew about it. No one reported it. We found out about five minutes into the game, so you had no idea. And I'm sure people probably lost this week needing only a couple points from Evan Ingram. So I don't think he was a lock tight end one, but I'm sure a lot of people had to play him, and I could understand why. You know, again, tight end's a tough position. But even since he came back, you know, he I, a lot of weeks I have him on the sit column. And I've said this before. I hate doing the sit column because it all comes down to what your options are. And I especially hate doing the tight end sit because what tight ends can you sit right now <laughs> that, are, that are regular tight ends? You know, if someone is playing a good amount of snaps with the state of the position, you're playing them. But I did have Ingram in there a couple weeks. You know, he got fortunate in week eight. He got a late touchdown. 5 for 25 and a touchdown that week, and then 4 for 46 in week 10, and 2 for 66 last week. And a PPR, 8 points out of your tight end. You're taking that right now. It's just he has not lived up to the expectations. A lot of people thought he would be a top 5 tight end, and he's not even close. Whether you want to attribute it to injuries or the Giants offense, he's been a disappointment. So he said he could have played if it was an emergency. Obviously, there's no emergency for the Giants anymore, although they were actually still alive if they could have won this past week uh, in the NFC East, but they didn't. So Ingram said he could play this week against the Bears. We'll see how the rest of the week goes with practice, but probably can't trust him at this point, and it is a tough matchup against the Bears. The Patriots activated Rex Burkhead off injured reserve. Remember, he's been out with a neck injury, so he is eligible to play this week. 
The Patriots take on the Vikings, so he'll be sprinkled in. Obviously, Sony Michelle has been really good, and Michelle had a scare yesterday as well. He got twisted up. Uh, he was able to return to the game. It was on a drive, too, where he was just chewing up yards. But he had 21 carries, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Also caught two passes for 12 yards. We know he's not involved in the passing game much. But, you know, they're, they've shown they're not afraid to feed Sony Michelle. So I don't think his role takes a hit. They'll sprinkle in Burkhead. Maybe it comes in, it cuts into James White a little bit. And, you know, we've seen James White now kind of tail off, which was not ex, uh, not surprisingly. Obviously, it depends on the game flow. They were playing from ahead here. But James White, his worst game of the season from a receiving perspective, he only had one reception for five yards. He had at least four receptions in, or at least three receptions in every game this year. And uh, this was the worst one. He did have nine carries for 73 yards. The 73 yards rushing were a season high. But you're not going to see many carries now that Burkhead is back as well. So I don't think it changes much. You'll just see Burkhead sprinkled in. He's a good guy to add for bench depth just in case Sony Michelle goes down. And we've seen Michelle already have a couple of issues. So Burkhead uh, in deeper formats. If you have 16 roster spots, I think there are better options. But if you have 20, yeah, he should be on the roster. Kenyon Drake. He has a shoulder injury. He'll be in a no-contact uh, jersey this week. He missed some time late in the game against the Colts as he aggravated a soldier injury that he's had now for a couple weeks. And I don't know if that's why they're limiting him. Look, I was talking to people yesterday who were just like, oh, I can't believe I benched Kenyon Drake. I can't blame you. It's not the talent of Kenyon Drake. We've talked about this every single week. It's the usage. Drake actually was in my sit column this week because look at what he did in week nine. He had seven touches in week nine. He had 10 touches in week 10. And just when we thought he was getting involved in the passing game, where he had 25 targets from weeks five to week seven, then the next three weeks, he has 10 targets. So Adam Gase is just not utilizing. Now, I don't know if it's the shoulder injury or not, but either way, he just doesn't get enough usage. And actually, the way they were using him in those weeks that I alluded to where he was getting heavily involved in the passing game, you'll take that in a PPR format. You know, you obviously don't want to see three, six carries like we've seen in some games, but you'll take the eight carries if he's going to get five, six receptions. He's a very explosive player, but I just felt in week 12, with so many people with playoff spots on the line, could you tr- can you trust him? Like my friend was complaining about it last night. We're in a 14-team league, and he benched him. And I said, look, you really – I can't really – kill you for that you know there are times when you say wow that was a bad move but in this case I understood it because the usage has been so bad if he doesn't score a touchdown he doesn't give you much now he happened to score two touchdowns yesterday you just want to see him used more and it just hasn't happened under Adam Gase and he kind of did this last year as well Chris Thompson returned to practice today for the Redskins he hasn't played since week eight so that would give you an indication he could play this week Tough to use him, though, at this point. I just don't think that you can um, use him at this point or with confidence until you see him on the field. James Crowder also back at practice. That's something to keep an eye on because uh, that would hurt Trey Quinn. You know, Trey Quinn is someone that we've seen been productive in the slot the last couple weeks. So uh, unless they plan to move Crowder to the outside, which I don't think so, it's going to hurt a guy like Trey Quinn. So keep that in mind if you're bidding on the waiver wire. John Harbaugh said that everything is on the table when it comes to the quarterback situation for the Ravens. So that means even maybe splitting drives, 
Who knows? Joe Flacco, I believe, is going to see a doctor tomorrow or Wednesday to see if he can get cleared. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is great for fantasy. He's great for DFS. I used him in a couple season-long leagues. So I'm hoping he keeps the job. We've always said the quarterbacks with the rushing upside give you a high floor every single week. Now, he had 27 carries in Week 11. We knew that was not going to repeat. But he had 11 for 71 and a rushing touchdown. And he passed a little bit more, 25 pass attempts compared to 19 in Week 11, and 178 passing yards and a touchdown. And that's the point. Like, he does not need to do much as a passer. You know, you get one passing touchdown and potentially, you know, one rushing touchdown, you're good. Even if he gets one touchdown, it's just a high floor. So you like what you've seen in Lamar Jackson. He had a good matchup against the Raiders. He'll go up against Atlanta this week if he does remain the starter. And I'm hoping he does as well. Uh, some of the other things of note from Week 12. Uh, again, if you're just joining us, we mentioned it earlier. Leonard Fournette has been suspended for this week. We'll see if uh, there's an appeal. But Leonard Fournette uh, came off, uh, I believe he was not in the game at the time, came off the sideline. So uh, Carlos Hyde would be the pickup. Uh, Yeldon did play a little bit more, but a lot of that was, uh, you know, passing game when he came, uh, when they were playing from behind. So, uh so a little bit surprising because I don't think people thought it. And now this is a real critical week, week 13 here, where teams are battling for a playoff spot. And Leonard Fournette, boy, his owners are going to be – there are going to be a lot of Leonard Fournette owners uh, that don't want to uh, take him next year. Uh, but, you got hey, when he's on the field, he gets the usage. Uh, it, obviously, the health is what kind of pushes him back among some of those RB1s as he did have 18 for 95, two touchdowns. And that's the worst part. They were about to score. Like, that drive went backwards. There was a couple penalties. I think D.D. Westbrook actually scored two plays later. There was a penalty on that. So, uh, just a, a train wreck. And uh, Cody Kessler will be the quarterback now for Jacksonville. Not that it can get much worse uh, than what Blake Bortles was doing. Uh, Josh Allen, actually, he's another t- a quarterback, too, that runs a lot. He had 13 carries for 99 yards and a rushing touchdown. He also passed for 160 yards and a touchdown, only 8-19. They're obviously not going to ask him to do much. But in the Superflex League, uh, he might be out there. Might have been dropped with the injury. Definitely somebody you could look at it as well. How about the performance of the Browns? Baker Mayfield was tremendous this week. 19 of 26, 258 passing yards, and four touchdowns. Now, we knew he would do very well. The Bengals are just a sieve defensively. You want to pick on the Bengals. And that's why I put Case Keenum as a streaming quarterback for the upcoming week, because the Bengals are just brutal. They've allowed at least three passing touchdowns in four of the last five games. The one game they didn't was Lamar Jackson, because he didn't put the ball in the air much. So they have just been uh, tearing, getting torn up, and Mayfield took advantage. Nick Chubb, I said it at the time, he's a league winner, man. I'm just so glad I drafted him. I think in about four leagues, and I held on to him. And, you know, we've seen times where you draft a player, you hold on too long, and they don't do anything. But this is the payoff when you're patient. Nick Chubb is going to win leagues. I'm telling you, by the end of the year, when you look at the league winners, I think Nick Chubb's going to be on a large percentage of them. And maybe some people were fortunate to pick him up off the waiver wire. We knew he was talented. Obviously, Hugh Jackson held it back. And if you didn't see it, go watch the reception he had for a touchdown. An amazing job. He had a defender all over him. The ball was pinned around him. He corralled it. A lot of guys would not have held on to that ball. So we see that he does have the ability to catch the football. Three receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown at 28 for 84. Obviously, a lot of it was late when they knew they were running the ball, turning out the clock. But Chubb is just so explosive. We've seen big runs this year. I mean, he is a difference maker. The disappointment here is Jarvis Landry, and you have to be concerned. Only three for 30, five targets, 
Landry has always been a guy that has been dependent on volume. And I think we saw thought it was going to be there with the Browns, especially when you know Josh Gordon was gone. But it's not. I mean, he has 17 targets the last three weeks after double-digit targets in five of six games. So it's really difficult to use Landry now. He doesn't get the volume. He's not going to produce. He's not that big play threat. Lots more to get to as we kind of uncover some of the things from Week 12 and what stood out, what it means going forward. Adam Ronis here. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. You can catch the show live weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, of course. If you can't, you can check it out on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, subscribe, and get an alert sent to you whenever a new show is listed. Of course, uh, if you want to become a member of ScoutFantasySports.com, today is the day to do it because you're going to save a ton of money. It is Cyber Monday. We got a special only till midnight, so a little more than four hours to go if you're listening live. Go to ScoutFantasySports.com. Sign up now. Use the promo code 6FOR1, the number 6, F-O-R, number 1, 6FOR1. You get six months for the price of one. So that takes you through the rest of the fantasy football season. And, you know, we'll uh, have you covered for all those tough lineup decisions you need to make here in these weeks. And, it also takes you into baseball. we got excellent preseason baseball coverage as well. Uh, in-depth team outlooks from Sean Child and uh, my stuff as well, where I've had a lot of success in fantasy baseball. I love it. Can't wait. Uh, I'll be starting to prepare for it uh, once football ends. Usually I start my prep uh, late December, early January, so can't wait for that. Always love uh, drafting fantasy baseball as well. So we have you covered. And, of course, ScoutDFS.com for NBA, NHL, and NFL as well, and VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. Plenty of ways to make money for the holiday season. Back to some of the things that stood out here in Week 12. Josh Adams, early in the game, he wasn't doing much. He had a shoulder injury, and all these people were complaining. He was very cheap in DFS. I used him in DFS. Adams was here. Here's an example of a guy that you could have gotten really cheap weeks ago. I have him in at least four leagues, and I got him for really nothing. I think it was during the bye week when the Eagles weren't bye. Uh, so, obviously, sometimes you don't have the ability, if you have a, a bye week crunch, to pick these guys up. But I picked them up in uh, two le- three leagues with 20 roster spots and my home league, 14-team league. And sometimes, like I said, you have to have some patience 
now it pans out because Josh Adams is going to be someone you want going forward. Now, only 3.8 yards per carry, but 22 carries for 84 yards, a rushing touchdown. Didn't get targeted. We did see him catch three passes two weeks ago. But, uh, again, Doug Peterson said last week, and he said it this week, he's going to get the ball going forward. It's no longer uh, three running backs there in Philly, as we've seen. They're going to go with Josh Adams. It's going to help. It takes a little bit of the pressure off Carson Wentz, who just hasn't been great, only 236 yards and a touchdown. But Adams is someone that, if he's still available, I checked today, he's available in 55% of Yahoo League. So if he's out there, you definitely want him. Maybe there were some people who had trepidation, didn't think you could rely on him going forward. But, yeah, definitely you want him on the team. You know, Golden Tate has kind of hurt this offense. So eight targets, four for 30. Really difficult to use him right now. I have been starting him in a 14-team league. It's just, you know, I don't really have great options at this point, but I don't feel good using him. I don't think he's someone that you have to get in your lineup at all. In the Giants offense, it's really just Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham. I don't think you could use anyone else. Uh, we did see Red Ellison get four for 77 with Ingram out. You know, Shepard's been at this point. He's had a couple of real good matchups the last couple weeks. He has not been able to take advantage. I mean, this is a Philly secondary that is absolute shambles. They've been decimated by injury. You thought that Sterling Shepard was in a good spot, but four for 37 on six targets. Just not happening for him. And again, I didn't understand why he was getting him drafted in the seventh, eighth round of drafts this year. Just cannot explain it. I have no shares at all. We saw Jameis Winston, the good Jameis Winston. Uh, he was someone that was pretty popular this week in DFS and season-long leagues. I did use him in a league. Played him over Baker Mayfield, and uh, it might cost me a win in a doubleheader league. I mean, they were still close. I think the difference was like seven points. But uh, I'm only up 1.6 going into tonight with Wesley Woodyard and my opponent as Lamar Miller. Uh, but Winston was good. You know, he didn't turn the ball over in this one. 29 to 38, 312 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, only took one sack. Uh, maybe would he, this is not the type of Tampa Bay game you expect. You expect them to be playing from behind with their poorest defense. But the 49ers cannot take advantage. Nick Mullins played poorly uh, in this one. And, again, just the uh, production at wide receiver, Mike Evans was the – best one here and then they just spread it out amongst the rest so we'll see if Deshaun Jackson is able to play the rest of the year Matt Breda had a great game as expected used him in DFS uh, Bucks have really struggled against the run 14 for uh, 106 the other guy to keep an eye on here is Dante Pettis Marquise Goodwin was out due to personal reasons Pierre Garcon was out again so Pettis had seven targets four for 77 and a touchdown Again, that's a deep format. I don't feel like you want to invest much in the 49ers passing offense at this point of the season. How about Christian McCaffrey, man? You know, he was getting a lot of buzz in the high-stakes world uh, as we got closer to the season. I saw him go 7th, 8th overall in a lot of drafts, and that's why I couldn't get him because I was either drafting early or in, you know, the 5-6 range where I got Alvin Kamara in a lot of leagues. But I have no McCaffrey, and uh, I wanted him. It's just I wasn't in a good spot, and he is just ridiculous right now. He has 71 receptions on the season. He had 11 catches for 112 yards and a touchdown yesterday, and on the ground, 17 for 125 and a touchdown, 10 total touchdowns on the season. If you remember, through the first uh, six games, he had one touchdown. He has nine over the last five, and running well between the tackles. He's been getting better, too. You know, we had a, if you look at the stretch here, he had 20 yards rushing, 29, 45, and then the last few weeks, 79, 77, 53, and 125. You want his production in the passing game anyway, especially in PPR formats. Even if you're not in PPR formats, he's still valuable. So Christian McCaffrey, just a huge difference maker. He's another guy that's probably going to be on a lot of league-winning teams this year. DJ Moore, 8 for 91, 
with no Devin Funches. Uh, Curtis Samuel, a little bit disappointing. He did find the end zone, two catches, 17 yards, also a 25-yard carry, but only two targets. He actually had less targets than when he was playing part-time snaps. But he's a playmaker. They want to get the ball in his hands. So I do think there's some value there. We'll have to see what happens with Devin Funches. He set out with a back injury. On the Seattle side, you know, there were a lot of questions about Doug Baldwin this week. I don't have Doug Baldwin this year. I have him in best ball leagues because I was drafting him in July, August. I loved him in the third round. Baldwin's been, you know, a real reliable player. But he's just been really banged up. A lot of injuries that he's had to deal with this year. And then he came up with a groin injury. Didn't practice much. Uh, he did go out there and play. Now, for people who don't watch the games, you're looking at a uh, ball went 5 for 39. He should have had a touchdown. Russell Wilson missed him wide open early in the game. So he has that touchdown. It's a different game. So he was out there. He led the team of targets with seven. David Moore with a touchdown, a tremendous catch. And Tyler Lockett just continues to score. Five for 107 in a touch. And always been a big Tyler Lockett fan. Have him in several leagues this year because he, he was late. It was 11th, 12th round, maybe a little bit earlier as we got closer to the season. So to me, it wasn't much of a risk there. Obviously, you know, this is a tough pace to continue. He has eight touchdowns on 43 receptions, not a ton of yards. Uh, he only has 54 targets on the season. He just seems to score every single week. He scored in every game this year except three. It's amazing how he's done it now. Even without the touchdowns the last three weeks, he's still got your double-digit points in PPR format. So he's been getting five, six targets a game. And, you know, uh, I think their schedule, if I know they got San Francisco twice in the next few weeks, that, that's a concern because they've had to pass the ball a little bit over the last few weeks. You know, they played the Rams a couple of times, the Chargers. So they've been forced to pass. We know they don't want to. They want to run the football a ton. Obviously, this was a back-and-forth game, and they did throw a little bit more than they're accustomed to. Uh, Chris Carson did get the bulk of the carry, 16 for 55 on the ground with the rushing touchdown. So Mike Davis, Rashad Penny, they're just there in case Carson goes down uh, at this point. Uh, the Broncos upset the Steelers. Uh, Philip Lindsay just continues to look good, and I had a tough decision this week. I had to decide, do I go with Philip Lindsay or Josh Adams? I really liked Adams, but I said, Lindsay's just getting it done every week. How can I sit this guy and – once again, even with Royce Freeman cutting into him a little bit, Lindsey, 14 carries for 110 yards, 7.9 yards a pop, and a touchdown. What's surprising is he didn't get involved in the passing game, which is shocking. I don't know why. What happened here? Like, you need to get the ball in his hands, uh, especially the passing game. So we didn't see it in this one, but yet he was still productive. Uh, as he's having an amazing season. To me, he's the waiver wire pickup of the year. I know Tyler Boyd was also picked up early. We've had some guys emerge the last couple weeks that could be league winners. I, I don't know. I can't call Nick Chubb. I think Chubb was drafting a lot of competitive leagues. You want to make an argument for him uh, by the end of the year, you know, he could put up the best numbers. I think, you know, Gus Edwards and Josh Adams are intriguing guys that could be really influential down the stretch. But Lindsey's done it since week one. Uh, if you picked him up in week two, you know, he's been pretty much productive every week. So this was only the second game this year where he didn't have a reception. The other one was when he barely played in week three. So, Lindsey's been tremendous this year. Emmanuel Sanders, 7 for 86 and a touchdown. Again, Cortland Sutton, I, I hope he gets going. Uh, it's been a disappointment. A lot of people are not going to be able to uh, start him next week. Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, there was a reason why people were taking this guy in the third round. I know some people would be like, well, how are you going to take him in the third round when Antonio Brown in the first? Well, you're seeing why. Juju has more yards than Antonio Brown on the season. He's up to 77 
1,055, only four touchdowns, but he scored two times in the last three weeks. He had 17 targets this past week. He's got 110 targets with five games to go. So say he only gets, you want to be conservative and say 30, this is a number two receiver that's going to get 140 targets. So this offense is just putting the ball in the air quite a bit. Uh, Roethlisberger's throwing a lot, and Juju Smith-Schuster uh, is living up to that lofty uh, draft position. Roethlisberger had 56 pass attempts this past week, 462 yards, one touchdown and two picks, but a costly, costly interception uh, at the end of the game as they were driving about to score, and he made an ill-advised throw that cost them the game and uh, put the Broncos still in playoff contention. Andrew Luck. Uh, I went on uh, – I was talking about, I've been talking about this like every week. I keep getting questions every week with Andrew Luck. Stop asking. Play Andrew Luck every week. Why do you have to ask? I think it was two weeks ago. It was like Luck Fitzpatrick or Dak Prescott when Fitzpatrick was starting. How is that even a question? Andrew Luck is throwing for three passing touchdowns every week. He did it again this past week. 30 to 37, three for 43, three touchdowns and two picks. He's probably going to be the second or third quarterback off the board in drafts next year. He's healthy. Like, stop. Just play him every week. My friend was doing the same thing. For some reason, he has three quarterbacks, which I don't mind in certain circumstances. I will say this. I never do it, but I do have three quarterbacks in uh, the GST League, which we talk about quite a bit, Greenwich Street Tavern, buddy Chris Vaccaro's bar, because uh, I have Matthew Stafford, who I don't want to play at all, Marcus Mariota, who I wasn't sure was healthy, and Lamar Jackson. So 20 roster spots, I'm kind of – and I got to hope Lamar Jackson keeps the job. If he doesn't, uh, I'm hurting. So but my friend has luck, Roethlisberger Rivers. Why? Why do you need even do that? Like, and trade deadline pass, and you're not going to drop him. It just makes no sense. But luck's the guy you're starting every week. So just play luck going forward. He's been tremendous. Although the Colts, second week in a row, two weeks ago, that Eric Ebron attempt to pass to Andrew Luck in the end zone. Andrew Luck dove, landed on his shoulder. Like, what are you doing? So what did the Colts do this week? They send Andrew Luck out on a pass pattern. He converts the first down, but he got hammered in the process. When are teams going to learn, man? Like Tom Brady got hurt a couple weeks ago running a pass pattern. Like, stop. I understand you're trying to be tricky, but not with Tom Brady and his age and not Andrew Luck coming off his injury. You don't want to do it with any of your quarterbacks, but especially those guys. The risk for injury with them is just higher, and you cannot afford to lose them. They mean so much to your team, so I don't understand it. Marlon Mack was in a good matchup. He left with a concussion. He's in concussion protocol, so this is something to keep an eye on this week because Naeem Hines would benefit here, as well as Jordan Wilkins, but I think Hines. Uh, I wrote about it today. You can check it out, scoutfantasysports.com. I think it was uh, – I can't remember the number offhand, but Hines average uh, like – 16 points in PPR formats with um, Marlon Mack out this year and got a lot of targets, too. So that's where he's going to play a role in the passing game. Uh, he had nine carries, 28 yards, and two catches for 22 yards. But Hines is going to catch four, five, six passes if Mack is out. Jordan Wilkins uh, did not see a carry, did have three receptions for 32 yards. So, yeah, if Mack is out, you'll see Jordan Wilkins sprinkled in. But I think Naeem Hines is the preferred guy if he is out there. We saw Ryan Tannehill return. 204 yards, two touchdowns. They were too conservative at the end of the game. And there's really no one you can rely on in this passing game. They got a fluke touchdown from Leonte Carew, 74-yard touchdown. I mean, Amendola got hurt in this game. He's one for 13. Devontae Parker, three for 10. Stills, man. 
Man, Kenny Stills, I was wrong on. I was high on Kenny Stills before the year. A guy I took in several leagues, man. That, that burned me, man. One catch for six yards. So, uh, disappointing year for him. Uh, but someone asked uh, on the message board, you know, in a super flex league, Tannehill or Josh Gordon. And you pretty much have to go to the quarterback all the time because that's an example why. Tannehill didn't have a big game, but he had two touchdowns, 200 yards, where Josh Gordon didn't score. So, that's the reason why you pretty much always are going to take the uh, quarterback in a super flex league. Uh, last night, Big game for Minnesota, and you knew they were going to do well at home against that Green Bay defense. You know, Kirk Cousins had a couple disappointing weeks, but he balled out three for 42, 342 and three touchdowns. I played him in the league over Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson, so that worked out well there. I don't know what the Vikings are doing with Dalvin Cook. He looks really good. Their offensive line is a major problem. He had 2.9 yards per carry, 10 for 29 on the ground, but in the past game, three for 47 and a touchdown, only three targets. Like, if you're not running between the tackles well, and it's not a Dalvin Cook issue. Tavis Murray himself, 11 for 33, it's the offensive line. They're just not good run blocking. And, you know, when you have weapons like Thielen and Diggs, it makes sense. But got to get Dalvin Cook involved in the passing game more if you're not going to get him the ball between the tackles. So that's something I like to see Minnesota do. Uh, Kyle Rudolph had one of his better games of the year, 7 for 63. He just hasn't been involved in the offense enough. I think this war is more of a matchup. And Aaron Rodgers, man, if you spent an early pick on him this year, man, it is not working out for you well at all, especially when you see all these other quarterbacks producing. And it's why I say every year, look, there's years where it's worked out with Aaron Rodgers, but this is the reason why you don't take a quarterback early. You're just getting pedestrian production. He has 20 touchdowns and one interception uh, here in 11 games. He's not even averaging two touchdowns per game. Uh, We've seen him been held to 200 passing yards or fewer in two of the last three games. So, if you need another example of why you don't reach on that uh, top quarterback early, Aaron Rodgers is the is one of the examples. And, of course, guys that you got late, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield off waivers, Lamar Jackson. Uh, so, again, learn your lesson. Yeah, people still do it all the time. Aaron Jones continues to look good, 17 for 72, and a rushing touchdown in a tough matchup here. Uh, but one of the biggest disappointments is Marquez Valdez-Scantling, man. This is the second week in a row. I thought he would bounce back here. thought the Packers would have to pass quite a bit. But here's the problem, as I mentioned with Rodgers. You know, we always said Rodgers, wide receiver two, always produces. And that's why I like Randall Cobb going in the year. Thought he'd be the wide receiver two. The problem is, this is not the typical Packers offense. As I mentioned, Rodgers held to 200 yards or fewer two of the last three weeks. So there's not as much production to go around. We did see a little bit more equanimity St. Brown in this game. But this is two bad games in a row for Valdez scanning. He had one catch for eight yards in week 11 and one catch for three yards yesterday. So... Really hard to have confidence in going for another. They do play Arizona this week. They're favored by 14 and a half to start the week, but someone that is really difficult to rely on at this point. Well, you can't rely on Noah. ScoutFantasySports.com. You got four hours to go. It is Cyber Monday. Enter the promo code six for one and get six months for the price of one. Head over there now. I'll be back Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.